Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So, uh, kind of a, a big thing happened today that I wanted to chronicle. A big thing in the, uh, the fucking storm in a teacup that is me writing a novel. It's weird, I was just listening to a thing the other day about, um, you know, going out into outer space and how there's fucking nothing there and, you know, nothing we can realistically get to. And even if we could, there's just fucking nothing there. Which is pretty much what I believe. And it's just like, yeah, well, it's like a downer. I've heard Elon Musk talk about how, you know, excited he is about uh, space travel. And he's like, he's just got to believe that we can do it, that we can get there and that there's something there. Because otherwise, what do you get up for in the morning? And then in a different way, like religious people are like, hey, there's another life to explore after this. I don't believe any of those things, you know? <laughs> I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe that human beings are really ever gonna get out of this little part of the universe. Certainly no time soon. Maybe if we're encoded into computers or something and we send ourselves off on a 100,000 year voyage or something. Like nothing remotely like the life we have now is going fucking anywhere. But then there is the notion that we can go inside, you know, virtual reality, that kind of stuff. Instead of going outward, let's go inward. Which is not really something I was ever that interested in, but I got to admit, that does seem like the best way to proceed at this point in history. At least that is something we can do. At least that is a new frontier we can actually get to. And the point of that ramble is just that <laughs> that's kind of what it's like to write a novel, you know? I'm just in my own little world. I'm just going inside every day. Traveling inside my own head, traveling inside my own little story. Which even that, man, I'm just I'm fucking all over the place. I just drank a big coffee. Like, uh, what kind of a, a weird downer it has been to travel and to realize that the world is kind of empty and there's not really that much going on out there. I'm making plans to go visit my friend in Japan in a few months, but I've kind of got my expectations tempered because I just, I mean, I know I'm not going to find anything there besides 7-Elevens and crosswalks. You know, it's just more of the world. It's like to make your life exciting, you got to make it exciting. If you go looking for something exciting, it ain't there. It just isn't. It doesn't exist. But you can go inward, and that's the point I'm trying to make, is that something very exciting happened today on my inward journey in my tiny little weird world of writing a novel. So to briefly describe my process writing, I don't uh, just free write without a distinct plan, because I tried that before and I did not succeed. I wrote half a novel or three-fifths of a novel and realized I didn't know what the fuck was happening and I couldn't pull it all together and it all fell apart. But I also don't extremely plan because my brain just doesn't work like that. I can't plan out something as big and as complicated as a novel. I question whether anyone really could. And so much of the good stuff that comes with writing is the daily discipline of it, just the daily like marshalling of your mental faculties toward whatever the specific situation is now. Wherever you are right now in the story, take everything you got, aim it at that, figure something out that is cool, 
and do the same thing tomorrow and the same thing tomorrow. And that's just not going to happen if you try to plot out the whole thing ahead of time. I mean, go ahead if you think you can plot out the whole thing ahead of time. Why not? I do really think an ending in particular is very important to have because if you just hope for a good ending, I think that's a long wait for a train that is never going to come. But if you feel your intuition taking you away from that outline, go with that, you know? Don't stick to the outline. Go with what feels inspiring in the moment. So that's kind of what happened with me today. So what I've got is I basically take as many notes as I can for a story before I start writing. I have them organized as well as possible, either chronologically, if there's a period in the story that they need to happen in, or if they're less specific chronologically, then I just try to group them by topic, you know, just so when I'm looking for ideas and looking for the next thing to do, I go through my notes, I pick out notes, I fucking piece them together. I use them as grist for the fucking writing mill. This story in particular, like I mentioned recently, the majority of my notes were just conversations between the two main characters. Conversations about their different cultures, different things they could argue about. That's the vast majority of the notes that I took, and that's what I presumed the vast majority of the book would be. But as I mentioned, I've started to lately feel like that might not be the case. Like, I'm surprised how little of those notes I'm actually using. And that really came into sharp relief today. So I've got this book set up in... Going through an underpass, get a little echo. Yo! Echo! So I got this book split up into five major sections. It used to be four, but pretty early on I realized it should be five. I got the sections named and basically I've got section one is like six chapters, section two is I think 12, and I'm just making my way through section three. It's like nine chapters long. And this was the one that I'm like, is this gonna be twice as long as all the other ones? Like this is the period I've hit where I can dig into those notes. All those notes I wrote, all those conversational notes between the two characters, this is the place where they can happen. Maybe it'll just go on and on. Maybe I'll split the book into six major sections because this part will end up being like 24 chapters long. Maybe it'll just keep going and going. But as I said last episode, so uh, the big major conversation, the big fundamental conflict between these characters, I realized it's time to pull the trigger on that. It occurred to me like this is the conversation they need to have right now. It's this really kind of heavy conversation about the adulthood ritual of this one species is really brutal. Like, the vast majority of people don't survive it. So the one character is like, that's insane. Like, everyone thinks your species, your culture, they think you're insane. They think you take part in institutionalized child murder, you know? Everyone hates you. (laughs) And... The girl from that society is like, yeah, well, I don't give a shit what you think, because look at you. Look at you, you pathetic little fuck. Like, you were born. Congratulations. You didn't do anything to earn that. You're just lucky that you got born. That's not enough. You got to do something more to earn your life, to earn your place, 
not only within a society, but just within yourself. If you want to respect yourself, you got to overcome some odds. You got to feel like you earned your life and you haven't earned shit. So fuck you. And I've been working on that conversation, just like roughing it out and then going back through and writing it more distinctly and coming up with all this stuff and like, all right, it's coming together. This is going to be good. And I just realized today I was just sitting at a fucking Dairy Queen because I got a fucking gift card for Christmas, eating a burger, staring out the window at all the snow. And it suddenly occurred to me like, whoa, this is the end of section chapter. This is the conversation that ends this section. And all the sections so far have kind of ended with a scene of heightened emotionality you know like this whole book is really about just being trapped in between times in your life this big calamity happened to this girl's home planet she's stuck on this space station she has nowhere to go nowhere to go back to doesn't know what the fuck to do it's kind of just like being trapped in a gigantic mall when you don't know anybody you know It's just like numbing and weird and bizarre and emotionally detached. But whenever the the wire connects, you know, whenever the live wire fucking flares up, that's always where the little subconscious thing in my brain is like, all right, that's it. That's the end of this section. That's where we were trying to get to. In the end of the first section, she just gets really upset at these alien handlers and how fucking obtuse they are and how bad they are at doing anything properly to like ease her situation so then in section two they assign her an official liaison and section two ends where they finally get to a point where she can be honest enough with him to get upset in front of him and it's less angry and more i mean it's still angry (laughs) everything about this character is angry The book's called Explode, (laughs) but it's more despairing, you know, it's more desperate. I'm like, all right, that's, that's that section. And now this section, this heavy ass conversation they're having about this extremely brutal, like barbaric adulthood ritual that most people don't survive. The conversation is going to kind of come around to the idea that what happened to her home planet is kind of just that again you know it's like that same idea exploded into as huge a version of that as could ever be imagined so if she really believes in that adulthood ritual if she really believes that level of brutality is good for her species if she really believes that it's culturally the right thing to do and the right way to proceed Isn't this just that same idea to the nth degree? Which is an insane thing to say when your planet blew up and almost everyone's dead. But she's gonna kinda... It's an upsetting idea, but this time she doesn't get upset like that. It's gonna kinda tie into what I said like two episodes back. This idea of... Of it's not useful to get upset at a certain point. Maybe it's time for the feelings to be done, you know, maybe it's time for the feelings to be 
put away in a drawer and just no we're not gonna be that way that's not gonna happen no matter how upsetting this is she's past that she's not gonna be like that so I realized like yeah that's that's the next big emotional beat that's the next big moment that's the end of this part that's it But what's weird about that is this is the section that I've got all those notes for. This is the place where the vast majority of my notes were supposed to go. You know, this is where all the conversations that I fucking plotted out are supposed to happen. But that's it. The section's over. And it's just like, it's a really weird feeling that it's like on the one hand, whoa, that's fucking weird that all these notes that I collated and came up with and sorted together and fucking had all ready to go. All of those are just like, well, I guess those are on the scrap heap. I guess we don't need those because the other feeling that is far larger, the far more overriding sensation is like, yeah, that's, this is the end of that part. I don't need any of that shit. Fuck all that shit. This is way better like this. And maybe some of that stuff can still have its place. Maybe it can work in here and there in little bits. But the idea of, the idea that I came in with, that there's going to be a big part of this book that's just these conversations. I've already said, like, I'm really, I was listing away from that. I'm really starting to feel like maybe that's not what's going to happen. And now it's definite. It's like, yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. Definitely not. If anything, it would just hurt the, uh, integrity of this decision to just end the chapter here and to move on to the next step the next phase in my overall plot so i just wanted to record a little podcast about that to just fucking chronicle it because it's such a weird thing like i didn't even cross my mind yesterday (laughs) you know not till i was just staring out the window eating a fucking hamburger it's just like bong the gong went off in my head and it's like whoa Well, okay, I mean, that's the thing. That's what we're doing, all right? And it's funny that, like, I don't feel at all like any of that effort was wasted, or I'm not disappointed that I don't get to use those notes, because it feels so clear that this is where the story needs to go, and this is how the structure of this thing is supposed to work. It's just an example, I guess, of just the difference between pre-planning and being in the moment, you know, that being in the moment has to supersede the plan. Because you can't see the whole picture when you're making the plan, you know? I think the more plan you can have, the better. I think you should have a pretty good plan just to keep yourself confident, just to know that you know where you're trying to get to ultimately. I really don't recommend writing a story without an ending in mind. But with that track laid and those guidelines kind of set up, those like fucking lanterns in the fog. Yeah, I don't know, it's just surprising how fast things can move. And I can just kind of feel that feeling in me that like, especially the early parts of this book, very potentially slow. (laughs) You know, maybe I'll need to rewrite them, maybe I'll need to edit them down. Because I'm really going for a tough sell, like this listing malaise of just being trapped between spaces I mean that's I think it's interesting but it might I don't know (laughs) but particularly because I put the the reader the future reader through that so much at the start 
just as things are barreling along, it's like, yeah, don't, we did our time with that. Now it's time for things to get moving. Now it's time for stuff to start happening. And maybe I'll tighten up the whole thing on the second draft, whatever, I'll worry about that on the second draft. But I definitely feel that right now of like, yeah, this, uh, the listing is over. The waiting is over. Time for some action. Time for some events to happen. And if that means I got to take a shitload of notes and just not use them, so fucking be it. You know. I guess people kind of do this. Like I've never really never cottoned so much to these ideas people have of like, oh, write a character study or write a short story about your character that's just for your own edification. Like, I've never done any of that kind of stuff. But I guess I kind of did by accident, you know? Like, I just, I wrote all these conversations between these two characters that I'm not going to use. And I didn't go into it presuming I wouldn't use it, because then I just wouldn't have done it. Like, to me, that's weird. I don't quite get that. But that that's how it worked out is fine. I think that's fine. Because it really did let me know who these characters are and where they stand. And if the reader doesn't get to know all these little granular fucking things, so what? You know, they are clearly never meant to. The universe is unfolding as it should, as I heard Evan Dando say once. So that's it. I don't know. I don't have a good way to tie that up as a nice little lesson. Here's a little lesson. Here's how to do the thing. It's just a thing that happened to me. Wanted to get it on wax. But before I sign off, one other little thing I wanted to mention is, uh, so since I'm back in my hometown and there's just nothing to do, I hardly know anyone here anymore, but it's very good for getting work done. It's nothing to do every day except get work done. So much so that I dusted off this old project. I think I mentioned it once before in this podcast. But I was working on this documentary about this, this kid, Roger Swan, who uh, he moved to Japan, he did a bunch of vlogs, and he, uh, he died. He got pancreatitis, what is it called? And I made a, like an audio documentary about him before. So I'm trying to make it into a video version, and I like slaked myself out a bit because I was thinking of it like, oh, a real documentary. And that just... Uh, I just ended up not working on it because it just felt too stressful. I was like shooting too high. Where then I realized like, you know, I should just make this thing and just put it on YouTube and whatever. Just, you know, just make it for my own, the the fun of making it really. But I still, you know, I, I fall off it and work on it again. I've been working on this thing on and off for years. But I started working on it again. And I just noticed one of the other benefits of working on something every day is just keeping track of where you're at in the project. Because just to start working on this thing again, I had to go back and watch a bunch of the sections that I had already finished and go through my footage of my little outtake clips and like ensure that I should in fact leave them as outtakes and Like, I just kind of spent the whole first day just figuring out what the fuck was going on, you know, where I had left off. And I left myself notes so this wouldn't happen, but it's just not in my head anymore. So I spent yesterday and most of today just catching up, kind of preparing again to work on this thing. 
And I think that definitely, uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't so bad to get back on board with this thing. It only took a couple of days, but, but I think that's another reason why it's really important to write every day if you're working on something as big as a novel. Because if you lose track of a novel, there's no getting it back, you know? There's no way to get back into that groove. There's no way to get back into the mindset. There's no way to remember what state it's in, where all the little pieces fit. That, you know, deep part of your subconscious that's holding the whole thing together, that's holding together this whole two-year-long giant project, it's just not going to work, you know? Working every day is important just even for that, if nothing else. Reason number 687 why I think it's important to work every day. Just so that you can work on it without having to constantly... It's like that thing about um, productivity and that like if you hit a certain point of trying to prepare each day, of making lists and organizing and trying to improve your productivity, you can hit a point where you're losing productivity because you're spending so much time making your lists and sorting things out. I think it can be similar with writing. Like if you just have to spend a bunch of time remembering where you are and remembering what's happening. If you just write every day, even just a tiny bit, that doesn't have to happen. You always know where you are. You always remember what happened yesterday. All right, I have no song of the day in mind at all. So uh, let's just play, it's this guy, Mike Patton, who he was a singer for Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. He's uh, one of the super greatest singers of all time. He must be getting pretty old at this point and he still sounds exactly like he did in 1989. It's crazy. This dude is one of like the all-time greatest vocalists in the world. But he just jumps from band to band to band and it's really tough to keep up with him. So I think this is his latest band. No more than two bands back at the very least. It's called Dead Cross. And this song's called Obedience School. So let's listen to that. All right, I'll see you next time. <laughs>